welcome back to Take One, the podcast that gives you just one illuminating page of Talmud every day. My guest today is a rabbi I've admired for many, many years. He's the Rav David Stav, who runs Tzohar, an organization that I think really is a holy one. Rav Stav, thank you for being on the show. Good evening to you and to the audience. Can you tell me, before we even begin, before we even get to the Talmud, I think Tzohar is one of these organizations that really everyone should know about, and, and a lot of people already do, but we need to really kind of get out the word. Tell us a little bit about what you guys do. Well, Tzohar is a rabbinic organization. It has about 600 rabbis and 500 women volunteers, almost on a daily basis, to help to bridge gaps between secular and orthodox people in Israel. As you know, the tension between the tribes in Israel is very deep, and especially because of what is perceived is a religious coercion on the secular people that imposes them to get married halachically and to get color classes halachically and to do many other things according to the halacha, which uh, not necessarily they feel connected and engaged and obligated to. And uh, what Tzar tried to do is actually to try to inspire these people, to engage them, to Judaism them in a way that, first of all, understands their pain, understands their needs, and try to bridge the gaps between the place where they are and what the halachic demands are, and to try to uh, bridge between these two sides. So, Rabbi, we've just celebrated Shavuot, and we are entering a slew of pages this week that are truly magical because they speak of the most important or the most pressing issues. They speak about the commandments. They speak about our relationship to Torah. And you're the perfect person to ask the question that arose from today's page. I want to read to you a very, very short passage from the Duff and then ask you a very difficult question. Here goes. The Gemara asks, what did the Holy One, blessed be he, say to Moses? And what did Moses say to Israel? And what did Israel say to Moses? And what did Moses report to the Almighty? The verses do not elaborate on the contents of God's command to Moses, which Moses then told the people and which they accepted. It must be that this refers to the mitzvah of setting boundaries, which Moses told the people and which they accepted. Here's my question, and it's a biggie. As someone who's himself observant, but who comes from a more secular background, I've observed, no pun intended, that one of the first and main stumbling blocks secular Jews have with religious life is this notion of boundaries. They feel that as soon as you tell them, well, you can do this, you must do this, you can't do that, they feel like their freedom is being taken away. They feel like they're, they're kind of in a bind. The issue of understanding this mitzvah setting boundaries is a big one, and today's daf is all about this. Could you explain this to us? Well, first, I must share with you a story from this week. I gave a class to a class of girls, teenagers, in one of the cities in Israel. And then I asked them, please describe to me what is waiting for you. I mean, everybody expresses his views about love and about connection with them with a boy, with a man, that will be the, you know, the, the dream that every teenager dreams of. And then I said, let me offer you a different proposal about what's wedding about. How would you approach to the following sentence? Well, you know, to get married, it means to wash the dishes, 
to switch the diapers for the baby, to clean him up, to wash him, and uh, to clean the, the apartment. And I mentioned the list of all the boundaries that apply to a young couple that gets married. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, you are right. You know why you are right? Because when I talk to you about love, and I start talking to you about cleaning dishes, washing them, and changing for the baby, you say to me, how could you dare to compare the achievements that we achieve by building our love, our tent, with somebody that we love, to the fact that we have boundaries and restrictions that are kind of a, one of the consequences of building a family. And I said to them, you know, we, there are two approaches to Matan Torah, to the fact that Torah was given to us in Mountain Sinai. You know, you, we can start with a boundary. Right? And actually, every wedding is boundaries. I mean, the fact that, that a man and a woman decided that they fell in love and they want to establish their relationship, it means they exclude the entire world from their home. I mean, their wife could not have a relationship with another man and vice versa. But you don't describe it this way. You say, well, we established our institutional love. And the same thing applies to the ritual or to the event, to the occasion of Matan Torah. First of all, Hashem and, uh, and we decided that we are in love and that we want to build something together. Now, the first rule that is a result of the fact that we are together, that there are boundaries. I mean, we cannot do whatever we want. That's one approach to look at the fact that we have boundaries, that there are restrictions. When you fall in love with somebody, you know that there is a price for that love. And if you believe that there is something that is meaningful in Judaism or in faith in God, the first outcome of belief of, in something is the fact that you are ready to pay, to pay a price for your alliance with somebody else. That's one way to look at it. And it's, I, I don't remember if you mentioned the other approach in the Gemara, because there is a second opinion that says that the first statement that Moshe was giving on behalf of God is not the restrictions, is not the boundaries, but rather the reward. And I think that this approach is maybe more relevant to our generation. Because I think what really concerns youngsters and adults is the fact that I observe Shabbat. Does it make me more moral? Does it make me a better person? Does it make me a lucky person, a blessed person? And I have another anecdote to you and to your listeners. This week I get a WhatsApp from a girl, I guess 23, 24 years old. She has an exam, psychometric exam, you know, to be accepted to one of the exclusive uh, departments in the Hebrew. Right. And she says, well, you know, I'm not observant. I don't observe Shabbat. And I know that the test is taking place on Sunday. Now, I decided to myself that since I heard from one of my observant friends that there is no bless if somebody is violating Shabbat, so I decided to observe this Shabbat, just this Shabbat, and not practicing on this uh, upcoming Shabbat. But then I realized, you can imagine how Jewish she is, she didn't know that Shavuot is the day before Shabbat. So she realized that Friday, if she wants to observe this Shabbat, well, there is a Friday that is also an holiday, and she should observe this holiday as well. Now she comes to me, well, it's too much, two days. What do you? What would you recommend? Should I observe the two days and take a risk that I will not pass the exam? Or maybe the, the power, the strength of the blessed that is in observing Shabbat applies also to the Yom to the holiday of Shavuot. 
Now, I said to her, look, the truth is, I want you really to succeed in the exam. I want every Jew to succeed in whatever he feels it's important for him. And you know what? I want you to know that I'm not sure that if you will observe Shabbat, it will guarantee that you will pass the exam. I don't want to give you a guarantee. I have no guarantee. And I want you to know something else. That the importance of Shabbat is further above any success or not succeeding in the exam. I really believe that to be engaged, and as the Gemara says, the Saturday, the Shabbat, is something that is actually considered to be the spouse of the Jewish people. It's the representation of God in this world, in the sanctity of time, is the shot. It's the fact that we have time that we could dedicate to ourselves, for our families, for our spirituality, for our connection with God. And furthermore, more important, much more important than the success in the exam. So I really want you to succeed. I'm not sure that observing Shabbat from this point of view will give you this success. I really want you to feel that Shabbat is rewarding you by observing it, not by any external bless or success that maybe you might or you might not get from Shabbat. And I think that these are the two approaches that are put in front of us in this day's page of the Gemara. On one side, the restrictions. To be Jewish, it means that you accept upon yourself boundaries as any kind of relationship established institutionalized relationship between men and women actually require and demand boundaries and restrictions from each one of them. On the other hand, wow, what a benefit. What kind of warmth, embrace, happiness, joy could a good couple gain and benefit from wonderful relationship? And that's exactly the two ways that are put in front of us uh, by the sages in this day's Gemara. Hallelujah. Rav thank you so much for this enlightening and fascinating explanation of today's stuff. You're very welcome. Shalom, shalom to you and to all of your listeners. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes, Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Music